precious. Glory, and you know we got all the pretty horses. Precious. <laughs> and we're putting the anointing on your skin. Amen. Glory. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, they're coming out of all the paranoia anyway, so might as well just mock Buffalo Bill. Amen. Silence of the Lambs. Thank you, Jesus. Well, where's that written? There was silence in heaven for a half hour. Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I tell you the truth, if you know the Father, this is the boldest and the bravest you've ever been. And if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence before God. Amen? If our hearts... What's your heart? The word heart in Hebrew means spirit and soul. That's what heart is. If our hearts, if our spirits and our souls condemn us not, then we have confidence before God. It's not about the flesh. We're not talking about the skull. That's the flesh crucified where? The place of the flesh. We're talking about the heart. The new covenant is the spirit and the soul. We're dealing with the eternal creature now, not an external form because we're in a perfect covenant. A lot of Christians haven't really transitioned into external forms, into internal, eternal realities. And that's why they're a little frustrated right now. But there's enough grace here from Papa, our dad, to transition everyone into the promised land. The wilderness is a horrible place. And I just forgive everyone that's betrayed us in the past. We've been through so much hell, so much warfare. Jezebel's tried to turn everyone against everyone, and you're all forgiven. Forgive me. I forgive you. You forgive me. Let's just be one big, happy, everlasting family. Amen? It's good enough for me. Is it good enough for you? The Father's love and the Father's grace will heal all the tribes of Christianity worldwide. How much grace do you need to get over it, to get healed from the woundedness of the warfare of being stabbed in your back a thousand times by a thousand different people, you know? <laughs> you know, what does it take from the Father to heal your soul from all the stuff you've gone through in the world? You know, well, my mom tried to abort me three times while I was in the womb. Yeah, you know, mine too. You know, get over it. <laughs> well, you know, they tried to kill me, you know, when I was on drugs. They tried to rape me, you know. Well, that happened to me too. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, we've been through so much in Babylon the Great that Satan's tried to kill us with all the pharmacia, of all the drugs, of all the alcohol. It's true. Oxycontin, heroin, everything that Satan's got to try to kill us has come after me and all my friends and every group of friends that I've been friends with, you know, really started in the seventh grade. And every single one of my friends from elementary, junior high, and the four different high schools I went to, and I'm still friends with many of those, even at Bible college. If they didn't get into God, they're all dead now. They're all dead. It was either like you're going to get into the Holy Spirit or you're dead. And that's the only way we've survived Babylon the Great and the constant temptations of hedonism of the flesh, lust of the flesh, 
because it was all just death traps. And people are shocked that we're still here, we're still going, you know, and people will try to attack me and say, well, the numbers haven't grown. They've grown pretty dramatically, actually, but we don't care about that. I only care about the quality of my intimacy with my Heavenly Father. That's all I've cared about for 11 years. When I started broadcasting the Drunken Glory in 2008, during the Florida outpouring, because there was no Drunken Glory, it didn't exist back then. We pioneered this whole thing. I realized we need to broadcast the Promised Land. We need to broadcast this realm of intimacy with the Father, because nobody's done it yet. Like, it's a pioneering work, broadcasting the Drunken Glory, broadcasting the new wine, broadcasting the promised land. Joshua and Caleb spy company. Hey guys, there's Jurassic-sized wine grapes here. We don't need to live in the wilderness anymore. Amen? And all hell in the wilderness broke out against us because people insisted on the wilderness. But the wilderness is a place of testing to see if you believe in the Father to, pr to provide for you and to protect you from Satan and his angels. That's all it is. You're not testing God. <laughs> you understand what the wilderness is? It's a place where God's the same all the time. It's you that has to see if God is actually who he says he is. And I watched it with my wife the last 11, you know, 11 years we've been together. and I came out of such a tremendous testimony that I knew the Father was who he says he was. Other people didn't have the same experience as I did. They didn't have the foundation I did. So they had a lot of doubt and unbelief in the wilderness to get out of them. But I knew the Father. When I started the Drunken Glory 11 year, years ago, I knew who the Father was. And I knew that this, ain't, this thing ain't going anywhere. This is promised land. This is house of wine. This is New Jerusalem. This is the revelation of the Father on earth as it is in heaven. Other people weren't so sure. And so I watched them test it, test it, test it, test it. You know, some of you are still testing. It's the time of testing in the wilderness. And who are you testing? You're only testing yourself. Do I really believe in this God? I came out of Egypt. I came out of Sodom. Egypt is the place of religion, or Sodom is the place of rebellion. Egypt is the place of the pride of life of Satan and his angels. Sodom is the place of lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh of Satan's angels. Did I, did I really come out of the lust and the pride of the natural dimension only to die in the wilderness? And that's why everyone's got secret sin and they're still going after money and they're still going after greed and they're still going after lust and they're still prideful and there's still envy and strife. Envy is still the Sodom that's in your hearts and strife is still the Egypt that's in your hearts. That's what's being tested in the wilderness is the strife of Egypt that you brought with you coming across the Red Sea, born again, saved, but you still got strife and you're still competitive against other men because you're a man and you're a man and you're insecure. It's like, well, I need to control something. If I can't control it, I'm going to lose control and freak out. You know, you see that with people all the time. Men have tremendous amounts of strife towards other men. And it's like they can't even honor other men unless they have the Father in their heart because they're so insecure. I deal with that every single day of ministry for 13 years. The father wounds in men's hearts. And it's not even something that's that significant. It's just getting healed in your heart with God the Father. I mean, when I got born again at age 18, I had come out of such intense 
I mean, you you will never understand. I mean, I'll tell you my testimony, and I hope the Holy Ghost can illuminate to you. And it's not about me. It's about what the Father is capable of healing a person from. The Father is capable of healing you of a childhood of, you know, living in 28 different states, four different high schools, running from the FBI, seeing the FBI arrest your best friend, and and drug and abuse, and I just the, murder and death and destruction and and jail and juvenile delinquency and and violence and rape and and murder and the most horrendous things that exist in America can instantly be healed instantly when I went into Teen Challenge it wasn't a process all the pain that was in me from all the hell and suffering of my childhood was instantly healed when I gave my life to Jesus Christ I didn't go through 20 years of you know healing for damaged emotions it was one open vision that I had in the chapel downtown and I saw my mom and my dad on a boat in the Puget Sound of Friday Harbor where I was born and raised until I was five years old Friday Harbor San Juan Island Washington State and I saw my mom and dad on a boat and I was on a like a backpack on my dad and I saw my parents when I was a child and I saw their hearts the father in heaven showed me my mom and dad's hearts that they were literally doing the very best they were capable of doing in a fallen world and I was instantly healed of my entire childhood of 18 years and I've perfectly loved my mom and dad ever since then and we're like best friends both my mom and my dad are in the glory with me and are participating with Red Letter Ministries weekly and play a huge part in this ministry. I love my parents. God has healed our relationship. He's healed our childhood. He's healed our years. He's restored everything that the canker worm has eaten. And our family is blessed. It's ridiculous how blessed we are right now. And it's even getting better all the time. But I'm telling you guys, we all need a tremendous amount of healing, and God can do it instantly. We don't have 20 years to just feel bad for ourselves of all the crap we've been through. I mean... I'm telling you guys, don't feel bad for yourself. Self-pity will keep you tormented by demons. And since we've all been through a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, that temptation of the devil is to make you feel bad for yourself because you've been through so much. Self-pity is one of your main enemies of the Father's healing power working in your souls. It's a demon. It's literally a demon. It's a snake saying, you have the right to feel bad because of what happened to you. Oh, God. You don't have the right to feel bad because of what happened to you. Listen, I've been around rape. I've been around organized crime, prostitution, gang banging, and murder for 11 years in inner city missions. I mean, nonstop. I mean, I have so many stories. We'll spend the next thousand years preaching and teaching on what we've gone through in North Minneapolis here as an inner city missionary, I mean, it's just, it's been wild. It's getting sweet, it's getting better, and the neighborhood's getting healed, and the hood's getting healed. It really is getting sweet. You have, you have some messed up people everywhere, because I'm telling you, we all have father wounds, and I'm telling you, God is doing a quick work in the inner cities of not just Minnesota, where we are, but in all the USA, and in all Europe, and Africa, and Asia, and Australia, and New Zealand. It's a worldwide work. It's a body of Christ, worldwide work. The Father is not going to take a long time doing this work. He wants to reveal Himself. <laughs> and when the Father reveals Himself through your soul, everything's healed instantly.
everything, every memory back through your mother's womb to the other side into eternity. You're healed. You're eternally healed. You can search your memory. You can search your mind all the way back through your consciousness and you won't find a single negative thing. That's when the Father is made real to your soul. Amen? It's happened to me. It'll happen to you. God will heal the nations. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. And the word nations means DNA. Flesh. The natural realm. All the horrible stuff we've had to go through in the flesh, in the natural realm, is being healed by the tree of life. What is the tree of life? It's God. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's going out and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the tree of life, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and covering the nations, covering all flesh with the anointing oil, and the leaves of these trees drip fresh oil on all flesh and heal all father wounds, all mother wounds, all brother and sister wounds, all neighbor wounds, all nations wounds, nation against nation. I tell you the truth, they'll beat their swords into plowshares. What's a plowshare? A rake or a harvest sickle. The great harvest is the end of animosity towards anyone different than you in a natural setting. Meaning, I don't care if you're African or European or Asian, you know, all nations, it's just flesh. Flesh counts for nothing. What matters is the heart. God sees the heart. Amen? First Samuel, God sees the heart. Don't judge the little runt boy, King David, by his physical appearance. His heart is so perfect and so pure, he'll be the greatest king ever. And that's what God the Father told Samuel when he went to Jesse's house. I know you looked at, at Saul and you saw, ooh, look at how amazing he looks as a king. Naturally, he looked like the best choice. David naturally looked like the worst choice. But Samuel was so in love with the Father that he was just guided by the Father to the right choice. All leaders need to be like that, like Samuel. Because God's not going to look at the natural dimension ever. He's dealing with the heart dimension. He's dealing with your eternal spirit and your eternal soul. And you have to come to a place as a leader in this great awakening now of such purity like Samuel to be able to see the hearts all the time. Because as they come in like the days of Noah into the glory realm, they're going to look like something crazy on the outside. But on the inside, it's sweetness. You can see the potential. You can see what God created them to do. You can see the counterfeit of the natural realm, of the flesh, of what Satan had them do. You know, they come in like sinners. They come in like prostitutes. They come in like gangsters. They come in like money-loving businessmen that will murder anyone to make more money. They come in looking like all kinds of different animals of the natural dimension, bearing the image of the beast and bearing the image of the fallen angels. But when they come into the glory, those grave clothes of bearing the images of the false fathers of Satan and his angels are burnt off of them, and they begin bearing the image of love. They begin to drink the love of the Father. They begin to receive the grace of the Heavenly Father, and they begin to metamorphosize to be the eternal creature God the Father created them to be. That's the great harvest. When someone raises a standard like Noah of righteousness, of the Father's love and the Father's grace in Christ Jesus in the new covenant, and His perfect love made flesh and pours it out upon all flesh, everyone will be drawn 
to Christ, fully formed in that man or woman that has hit the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus and has begun to rule the world in righteousness. Amen? On earth as it is in heaven, well, in heaven there's 12 thrones of 12 apostles that rule the kingdom of heaven. If you want it on earth as it is in heaven, you're going to be lorded over and ruled over by 12 apostles. Amen? I mean, that's what the Bible teaches. And people are like, oh, we don't want a king. We only have the Holy Spirit. Well, you're not serving the Holy Spirit. You're serving Jezebel. You're full of rebellious witchcraft. If you want divine order and you want the government of God, and you got it. I mean, you don't even get a vote on it, but it's like now it's life and death. Will I come under the apostolic coverings of the eternal 12 apostles? The 12 eagles, the 12 stars of Revelation 12.1, the covering of the bride of Christ, the covering of the nations? Or will I rebel against the white thrones of God the Father's glory on earth and be with Satan and his angels into the lake of fire? That's what's happening now in America. And the Christians that were externally Christians are a lot of the most evil people that are actually saying no to the kingdom. Because they only have the external form, but inwardly they're the grave. They're Pharisees. The Christians that are in the glory, but haven't had the glory in their heart, are the most evil people I've encountered in full-time ministry. They're the ones that always murder me and stab me in the back, and then they start private messaging everyone to turn them against me because they weren't willing to sacrifice their heart, and they've been serving Satan in their heart. They've been serving pride, which is the devil in their heart. And they've been serving lust, which is Satan in their heart. They don't have Zion in their heart. If you have Zion in your heart, you'll love. If you have Zion in your heart, you'll be gracious towards one another, long-suffering, and a servant of all. Not in competition, not in envy, not in strife. That's the fruit of demons. But in love and in grace. Amen? And in maturity, because you know the Father, and you're in the Father, and you have the Father's ability to minister the wine and the oil to heal all hearts so that no one needs to be an orphan. No one needs to beat up by snakes. No one needs to be in competition. You're only in competition if you don't know the Father. You're only in strife if you have a father wound. Once you come into the Promised Land, there's more than enough resources to go around. You don't need to manifest all the time your fears of financial provision. That's one of the main fears that everyone has in their heart. Jesus talked about money more than heaven, hell, and faith and love combined in the Gospels. And you can fake it all you want, but that's the main thing you're afraid of. Can God provide for me? Can God bring me enough money to take care of myself so I have food, groceries, even some blessings and some nice things that I'd like to enjoy in the earth? That's the main thing that all men and all women in the world think about. You can say, oh, I don't think you're a liar. You're a liar. I've dealt with millions of people. Money is the main issue in their lives. It's the main issue. It's not the, a minor issue. It's the main issue. In Jesus' ministry, that was the main issue he was dealing with. And it's not a bad thing to have money. He had a, a treasurer. Jesus Christ's ministry, he had a treasurer. He said, listen guys, I will give you 30, 60, and 100 times the amount of resources in the natural realm if you will let me into your hearts. I understand the situation. That's why Peter twice in the Gospels goes back to fishing because money is a big deal. It's not a small deal. Don't be, don't be a fake, false, humble person. It's false humility when you say money is not a big deal because it is a big deal. You just don't want to talk about it because you have a religious spirit. It's a religious spirit. You're a hypocrite. Money is a big deal. 
Jesus, it was a big deal in Jesus' ministry, and it was a big deal to the Israelites, and it is a big deal for every American and every person in the world. It is. And it's not an issue of greed or covetousness. It's an issue of provision. Be mature ones now. It's an issue of, can He provide for me? Can He protect me? Can I have a future that's safe and protected, that I'm well taken care of? That's the number one fear of every human being on planet Earth. And that's the main thing Satan has taken advantage of in all the nations. That you're going to lack, you're going to want, you're going to starve. You're not going to be taken care of. And so he controls you and turns you into slaves by money. That's why there's a pyramid on your $1 bill. That's what sorcery is. Controlling people to turn their will and to bend their will to do the things they don't want to do to serve money. That's what Nebuchadnezzar, Satan, has done in Babylon the Great. Make, made everyone bow to the golden image. But the manifesting sons of God bring the realm of the good father that melts the golden calf and everyone will drink it. And drinking it's not a bad thing. That's your salvation. Realizing the father is our provider. The father will blow your minds with finances. The father will take care of you. He'll provide for you. He'll protect you. He'll heal you. He'll deliver you. He'll bring you into the land of milk and honey. How many of y'all know that the land of milk and honey was a type and shadow in Joshua and Caleb's day? Symbolic of our day when Christ does it worldwide. The floods of Noah are the floods of God the Father as it was in the days of Noah. It's the goodness of the Father that leads people to repentance and repenting means going to a higher place. Taking your soul, your spirit, and your heart into a higher realm of knowing God. People don't know God because they're so beat up by Satan. Satan and his religious warlocks are the ones that divide people from knowing the goodness of God. Sorcerers are what he called them in the Bible. He called the Pharisees a brood of vipers, and the vipers were the, the sorcerers of Egypt. Pharaoh, Pharaoh's forehead, he had two snakes coming out of his head. It's the knowledge of good and evil. You know, that's what sorcery is. It's the knowledge of good and evil. That's what witchcraft is. It's good or evil, flesh only, but there's no spirit. I don't have a spirit. You know, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in the spirit. But I'm a spirit. So who's in your spirit? Satan is. The natural devil. Satan is a natural devil. He's called an elemental spiritual force of wickedness in Scripture. So you can understand he's the one that locks you into the natural realm so you don't have the ability of the glory realm. To be bewitched by Satan and Jezebel's witchcraft means to be in faith in the natural realm only, and sometimes mixture. If you're not saved, then you only believe in the natural realm. If you're saved and you're in the time of testing the wilderness, then there's mixture of believing in the natural realm and a little bit in the glory realm. Promised land is 100% in the glory realm. But I know the natural realm is just stardust. You know, it's just stars and sands. I'm not putting my trust in stars and sands. I'm putting my trust in the creator of heaven and earth like Abraham did. That's why he got the promise of the stars and the sands because Abraham believed in the one greater than the stars and greater than the sands. Greater than the idols, greater than the immorality, greater than all the riches in the whole world. He believed in God. He's the father of faith. And I tell you the truth, God the Father wants to father your faith so you can believe in the greater one of the stars and sands. Amen. To pull all the universe out of you, to put in the glory verse in you. The kingdom of heaven is the glory verse. The universe is what you're getting delivered of. It's called the world. 
coming out of the world. Who overcomes the world? World in Greek is cosmos. It includes all the stars, all the heavens. So you don't need just the sands of the earth and the earth out of you. You need the heavens out of you. Because that's where the second heavens of the fallen angels have been lording over the nations for 6,000 years. You need to get all the stars and sands out of you so that only the kingdom of the morning star, the glory realm of, the, of God the Father and the Lamb alone are in you. That's what it means to be healed and delivered and to overcome the world is to get all the world of stars and sands out of your heart and out of your mind and out of your bodies so that only the kingdom of heaven and its glory is within you. That's when you begin walking the earth as a son of God because you're delivered from all the idolatry and immorality of the universe, of serving the stars, which is sorcery, of serving the sands, which is idolatry. Amen? Just getting the world out of you. And so you only have the kingdom in you. You only have the power in you. You only have the glory in you. You only have faith and anointing in you. And you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit burning through you so that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit and not a temple of the universe. Amen? Truth and yeah, I pray every single one of you get delivered from the world. That you would not miss one day of God's goodness because of idolatry or immorality, of the temptations of the flesh, of lust and the temptations of the flesh, of pride, of being something in the flesh, comparing your success in the flesh, you know, and then all the hedonism of the flesh, which is all the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh, of the kingdom of Satan, Sodom, and hell. And that whole realm of the fallen angels would be burnt out of your souls today by the goodness and the love and the pleasure and the superiority of the Garden of Eden over Sodom through all your hearts and through all your eyes in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. You want to sow into that word? Donate at RedTherMen.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.